Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the newest football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Billy Rye, back at it again. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making me part of your day. Presented by Anchor Podcasts, now available on YouTube and every week on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening and leave a review to help others find the show. A quick reminder where you can find the show on social media, on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs, Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns, and the email to the show, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. And remember to make sure you search for our YouTube channel as we've got new content coming soon on that platform. Well, folks, we are a week away from NFL football, and we are a mere hours away from college football week one. Well, this week's pregame warm-up, we're going to talk about some cuts. That's right. Roster cuts happened this week. Uh, teams in the NFL had to uh, get their rosters down to a 53-man roster, and so we had some sort of surprising surprising moves here. So our pregame warm-up this week will be NFL cuts to get rosters to the 53-man roster. Now, there were some trades that took place before the roster cuts were taking place. Uh, for instance, you had the Saints traded Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles. He was a fourth rounder in 2019, uh, but it doesn't seem like New Orleans was really going to be a, a, a priority next season, but still sort of shocking to see them uh, trade away a, a guy on his rookie deal in his final season. Um, I think one of the biggest ones had to be, I guess one of the roster moves should be that the obvious trade of LaVisca Chenault to the Panthers. Like, I think, uh, you know, the fact that the Panthers have a slew of wide receivers on the roster between DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr., Shy Smith, uh, the list goes on. The fact that they traded they traded for LaVisca Chenault I think tells you what you need to know about the way that the Panthers felt about their wide receiver room. Um, I don't get it. Maybe Terrace Marshall isn't who they thought that he was going to be when they drafted him, but I think Shai Smith showed signs in the preseason that he was at least ready for some, some more responsibility, some more playtime. Now that he's got an actual quarterback that can throw him the football in Baker Mayfield, um, you know, again, time will tell, but I guess there's no hurt in trying to get Baker Mayfield as many weapons as possible. Some other surprising cuts. Uh, you've got Josh Gordon didn't make the chiefs uh, roster in his latest comeback attempt. He did uh, however, meet with the Titans as of this recording that has not panned out. Uh, the Vikings quarterback, Kellen Mond, they traded, they, they, they drafted him, I should say, uh, in the third round to be a potential, uh, I guess, successor to Kirk Cousins. Uh, he is no longer in Minnesota. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but he was, he was cut from that roster. Um, Sean Mannion was also cut, so the backup in Minnesota looks like to be Nick Mullins. Um I believe the, the the Bears made a lot of claims uh, after these some of these roster cuts. 
I thought it was crazy that the Raiders cut last year's first round pick, the offensive lineman out of Alabama, Alex Leatherwood. He was one of those guys, if I'm not mistaken, were picked by Chicago. Uh, but just a really surprising move to me that a, last year he was a first round pick and he is not even on the roster a little over a year later. Um, OJ Howard uh, was a first round pick by the Bucks, uh, signed with the Bills, did not make the Bills roster. Sony Michelle, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of running backs on that roster. Uh, one of one of the guys that I was rooting for got cut as well as Quandre White, but. Sony Michelle not making the Miami Dolphins backfield is a little surprising considering that just a few years ago, Sony Michelle was, was destined for seemingly greatness. And now he's been a journeyman. Uh, he, he wasn't able to really stay all that healthy, uh, but I digress no longer with the Dolphins. Another really surprising move. The Dallas Cowboys do not have a backup quarterback. They let go of both Cooper Rush and Will Greer. For a team that is short on healthy wide receivers, they now don't have a backup quarterback. I don't get it, but we'll 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 see how that strategy plays out for him, Cotton, as they say in the movie Dodgeball. Um, yeah, just some really some really kind of mind head scratching moves. Um, I mentioned that uh, I believe uh, Nate Sudveld was 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 cut. Um, I'm I'm not sure off the top of my head where he was cut. Um, but he was claimed by the Lions. Um, <laughs> it looked like um, the Lions may be going with David Blow or, or Blau. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. And I've watched Hard Knocks. I'm a Lions fan. But for whatever the reason was, um, it looked like he was set to be the number two. They – it looked like they were – ready to to let go of Tim Boyle, and they did. Um, they signed Nate Sudfeld as, the, Sudfeld as the backup to Jared Goff. Uh, so David Blau is no longer on the 53-man roster, but he may. Uh, he may wind up on the practice squad. You never know. Um, Josh Johnson no longer with the Broncos as the backup quarterback for Russell Wilson. Um, Laquan Treadwell, I mean, the two wide receivers that if you thought about it in Jacksonville – Outside of Marvin Jones were potentially Laquan Treadmill and LaVisca Chenault, and neither one of them end on the 53-man roster to start the season. Um, you know, I mentioned some head scratchers. The 49ers uh, were slated to try to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo for the entire offseason. Nobody came knocking, so they restructured his contract. $6.5 million guaranteed this season, but it also comes with a no trade clause and a no tag clause. So at the end of this season, Jimmy Garoppolo will be an unrestricted free agent to sign with whoever he wants to and whoever wants to sign him. Uh, but I digress. The 49ers uh, I think are going to be better off not having traded away Garoppolo because I think they're going to see soon enough that uh, Trey Lance is not the answer. And that's my segue into the first break because we're going to get into some 49ers talk. In the first half of this show, we're going to talk about the AFC West. We're going to preview what I'm calling the best division in football this coming season. And in the second half, we are going to get into the NFC West breakdown. And in the main of, I was going to say the main event, 
I just recorded a wrestling show. And so I'm in, I'm in wrestling mode. But in the overtime segment, we are going to get into some of the most intriguing matchups in college football week one and a special contest here for listeners of the show. So stay tuned for that. We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back with the first half and talk some AFC West preview right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the first half of our football game here that we like to call uh, on the show. A wrestling show, we call it Break It Down, but we're going to we break it down into two different halves, first and second quarter, third quarter. We're like you're in a football game if you haven't picked up on it already on this year's show. And in the first half, we're going to talk AFC West. Spoiler alert, a little bit of change, not a lot of change from 2021 to 2022, in my opinion. Let's start off with the 2021 finish for the AFC West. The Chiefs won the division at 12 and 5. The Raiders finished in second, 10 and 7, followed by the Chargers in 9 and 8, and the Broncos at 7 and 10. The Broncos only scored 335 points over the 17 game schedule. Uh, if I could do quick math, I could tell you what that was per game, but I can't because I am completely dependent on calculators in uh, my older age, I guess. Uh, nevertheless, uh, that's actually 19, almost 20 points a game, which is surprising because the Broncos did not look good last year, and I think it's going to be worse for them this year. Speaking of which, let's go into predictions. Uh, again, the Chiefs won it last season. I've got the Chargers taking it this year. Going through my schedule, uh, I wouldn't call it my, my schedule uh, simulation, but I mentioned it on the show before. I have a spreadsheet with the schedule, and I go through and, and give wins and losses. I've got the Chargers going 15-2 and two this year to win the division, followed by the Chiefs just one game back at 14-3, and three, and the Raiders finishing, uh, rounding off at third spot with 11-6 and six record, and the Broncos with 5-12. and 12. Now, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get murdered for saying the Broncos are going to finish 5-12, and 12, but hear me out. Uh, I mentioned it at the end of the pregame that this is going to be the best division in football this year. Uh, I think, and I mentioned this in the, in the AFC East preview, between the Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills, I think the, that's, that's the only division that sort of rivals the AFC West this season. I mean, I've got three of these teams making the playoffs, but all the Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders are all playoff teams this season. So giving the Broncos a 5-12 record isn't necessarily a slight on them, but more so like a, a sign of just how tough this division is going to be. Uh, so let's get into it. I've got the Chargers winning at 15-2. To me, the most intriguing team in the NFL. They've got youth in all positions on offense. Uh, they scored six fewer points last season than the high, highly potent Kansas City offense. Like you got to think, everybody's thinking that Kansas City can put up points. Last season, Kansas City scored 480 points across the season. The Chargers scored 474. Uh, now, they also gave up 459 points, so they needed some help on defense. But they've already got a decent defense. They just need to stay healthy. I think continued improvement, healthy on defense, they're going to surpass Kansas City. And I guess Usurp. Vegas this year, and they're going to win this division. 
Uh, next up again, Kansas City finished 12 and 5 last year. I've got them with a better record this year at 14 and 3. They lost their best downfield weapon in Tyreek Hill in the offseason. Uh, so we're really getting to see if Patrick Mahomes is a is a product of his relationship with Tyreek Hill or if he can do it with the weapons that he now has. But I think at the end of the day, the fact that they've got Andy Reid coaching this team, uh, they're going to be still primed for a playoff run. Uh, they're just going to need some more consistency on the ground to do so. Uh, they've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back. It's about the only running back that you really – <laughs> uh, to speak of, uh, but they're going to need some of that some of that ground game to help alleviate the the departure of Tyreek Hill. But again, fourteen and three is still better than last season. It's just not good enough to win the division, like the AFC West. Moving along here, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, man, last year was marred with a bunch of drama. John Gruden had an email scandal that saw him ousted after he had signed a 10-year contract just a few short years ago. So they got a whole new coaching staff, uh, and they made one of the biggest splashes in the NFL, obtaining Devontae Adams from Green Bay, uh, who played college ball with quarterback Derek Carr at Fresno State. And Devontae Adams is one of, if not the best receiver in the league when he had Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. But now he's, he's got that, that rapport with, with his new quarterback. Um, there's again, the lack of distractions with John Gruden being gone, uh, the, the reunited car and Adams. Um, I think again, they're going to be the third playoff team from this division. I just think they're that good. They're the defense. They gave up fewer points than the chargers last year. Uh, but their offense just obviously wasn't as good. A hundred points fewer, uh, scored than the chargers. But again, you got to think of the, the, the weapons that we'll get into when we get into fantasy impact. Um, they've got a bunch of weapons on an offense. And, and I think that, that Vegas is, is set up for a nice little run here. Finally, I mentioned the Broncos at 5-12. and 12. Again, 5-12 and 12 is not going to be indicative of how good they are. Now, I'm not a fan of their defense. I, I think they've got some secondary issues. The biggest thing the Broncos did this offseason was finally get a quarterback to replace Peyton Manning. I mean, let's, let's be honest. They've been trying to replace Peyton Manning for years, and they finally did it by trading for Russell Wilson out of Seattle. Uh, promptly lost one of their best receivers in Tim Patrick to an ACL injury in uh, camp, but they've got some weapons on this offense too. I just, again, I don't like their defense well enough, especially in this division with some really talented offenses. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and all the talent in Kansas City, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, all the rest of the talent on offense. And then the Chargers, and we're going to get into it in Fantasy Impact, but there's just so much talent that it's it's going to be hard to keep up with those teams, even with Russell Wilson and the talents and the talent he has around him. So 5-12 and 12 is not going to be indicative, sort of like I've, I've been preaching that the Lions were better than their record last year. The Broncos will be better than their record shows this year uh, at 5-12. and 12. Now, we're going to get into fantasy impact because, again, there's a lot of fantasy players that you want to be scouting before your fantasy draft if you haven't already drafted yet. Uh, you look at the Chargers. Again, quarterback Justin Herbert, I believe it's his third or fourth year in the NFL, just a star, one of the next future quarterbacks in the league. Austin Eckler, an easy first-round pick in your fantasy draft at running back. Then you've got some really good receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Just 
really, really good offense when you've got Justin Herbert throwing the ball. You move on to Kansas City. Obviously, the obvious name is Patrick Mahomes. I mentioned they're going to have some 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 work replacing Tyreek Hill, and they've they've got some names here. Nicole Hardman was one of the fastest guys on the team uh, at wide receiver. They also went out and signed both Juju Smith-Schuster, who has spent his career in Pittsburgh, and Marquez Valdez-Scandling from Green Bay. So that makes two wide receivers that left Green Bay and came to the AFC West because the AFC West is where it is. That's where the people want to be. But more so than any of these guys, you've also got rookie Sky Moore uh, that they're expecting big things out of. But they've also got the number one tight end in the NFL in Travis Kelsey. So Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you're going to he- hear even more of that this season as long as both can stay healthy. Uh, moving to Vegas, again, I've mentioned Derek Carr to uh, Devontae Adams. But you've also got a running back on this team that is to be looked at in fantasy football and Josh Jacobs. They've got another one of the best tight ends in the NFL in Darren Waller. And you've got a PPR monster in former Clemson product Hunter Renfro. I think with all that talent on that offense this year, even more so than the last year, Hunter Renfro has a chance to break out. If you're looking at PPR monsters, defenses are going to be are going to be sort of focused in on Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro is going to get open, and he's, he's going to make things happen. Uh, so a lot of talent in Vegas. Now I mentioned there's a lot of talent on this Broncos offense. Obviously, Russell Wilson I mentioned. They've also got a really talented second-year running back out of North Carolina and Javante Williams. But they've got some talented wide receivers. Cortland Sutton in his second year back removed from an ACL injury a couple years ago. Uh, a rookie, I, I think he's only second or third year in the seat in, in his career in Jerry Judy. Um, and then a guy that not a lot of people are talking about because Noah Fant was that tight end before he was traded to Seattle. And that's Albert O. I'm not going to pr- try to pronounce his last name, but he's the tight end from Missouri. Uh, because his name is so hard to pronounce, uh, Albert O is somebody you want to look at as far as maybe a breakout tight end candidate going into 2022. So again, the AFC West, the best division in the NFL, according to yours truly. Bully Rye with the Chargers winning the division, followed by the Chiefs, Raiders, and Broncos. We're going to take our halftime break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the NFC West preview before our main event when we talk about some of the most intriguing matchups in college football this season. But stay tuned for the second half, where we're going to break down the NFC West right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9-star rating or on Facebook or by searching One Stop Repairs. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second half where we have already discussed AFC West in the first half, and we are going to discuss the NFC West in the second half. And so let's get right into it, shall we? Last year, 
2021. The division finished out this way. The Rams won the division at 12 and 5, and they are your Super Bowl defending champions. That's right, Matt Stafford's first year outside of Detroit with the LA Rams. At 12 and 5, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl and won the damn thing. The Rams at 12 and 5 won the NFC West, followed by the Arizona Cardinals at 11 and 6, the San Francisco 49ers at 10 and 7, and the Seahawks at 7 and 10. Now, I'm probably going to get murdered, like just absolutely murdered. Like, I'm going to get destroyed for what I have Seattle going next season. They missed Russell Wilson for just a few games last year. They were only able to put up 395 points on the season. So my 2022 predictions go as such. The Rams are going to win the division again, but I've got them at 15-2. and two. I've got the Cardinals just about where they were last year at 10-7. and seven. I think the 49ers are going to take a step back, trying to go to Trey Lance with a 7-10 and 10 record. And uh, I told you I broke them down the way that I do. And as I was going through it, the Seahawks were one of the last teams that I get to. And by the time that I got to them, I had them 0-17. So we'll talk about them in a second. And, and so you can sort of just let that marinate a little bit until we get there. But let's start off here with the 2022 uh, NFC West champions, uh, as I'm predicting, in the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Matt Stafford's been dealing with a, an injury. I believe it's a shoulder injury all preseason long. Uh, and the defending Super Bowl champs replaced both Odell Beckham Jr. and Robert Woods. OBJ is not signed, I believe. Robert Woods, obviously, in Tennessee. But they replaced both of those guys with talented wide receiver and Allen Robinson. When he was in Jacksonville, he put up decent numbers. He sort of fell off in Chicago, but I think anybody would really fall off in Chicago at this point. Uh, but with some healthy running backs, you get Cam Akers back for the full season. Uh, he got hurt uh, early, early last year, somehow made it back to play in the Super Bowl. But with some healthy running backs, Stafford gets healthy. You've still got arguably the best pound-for-pound pound wide receiver in the NFL in Cooper Cup. Uh, and that Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup connection last year, uh, if you had one of those two guys on your team, you probably did really well last year in fantasy football. So they're going to repeat as NFC West champions. Uh, moving right along here, Arizona, if you noticed the division, I have break down the exact same as far as first to fourth um, with a couple record changes. Obviously, I've got the Cards losing uh, one more game than they lost last year. They finally paid Kyler Murray. Uh, there, was a, there was some drama there in Arizona, similar to some drama in San Francisco. We'll get to it in a second. But Kyler Murray at one point in the offseason scrubbed all Arizona Cardinals mentioned off his social media. Essentially, it was uh, it was sort of a contract negotiation tactic. It worked because they paid him. Uh, the problem is that almost right after he was paid, DeAndre Hopkins got suspended for PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. Now, they went out for the draft and traded for Hollywood Brown out of Baltimore. So I think he's going to be able to step in until they get shot, uh, DeAndre Hopkins back in uh, towards towards middle of the end of the season, um, Arizona's going to continue to press this year. Like they've they've been good. Uh, you wonder if Kyler Murray's success is is sustainable long term because he's a he's another running quarterback and he's a smaller running quarterback at that. 
Um, but I think they're, they're going to be just as good last as they were last year. Um, if not, you know, like I said, a, a, maybe one more loss uh, than they had last year. Moving on to San Francisco, I mentioned in the, in the pregame warmup that Jimmy Garoppolo restructured his contract to be one of the highest paid backup quarterbacks in the NFL because San Francisco has decided to move forward with Trey Lance as their starting quarterback in 2022. In my opinion, Trey Lance is going to disappoint. I have a feeling that by midseason, the fans are going to be clamoring for Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's when you're going to start seeing some of these guys come back to where they were in the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I'm talking, I think we're going to see Debo take a step back. I mentioned there was drama with Kyler Murray in Arizona. There was drama in San Francisco. Debo Samuel wanted to get paid. There was a thought of a potential holdout, but he, he reported to camp. Uh, he got paid. Uh, but I think considering that part of his concern was he was playing too many snaps at running back uh, and it was going to wear out on his durability long-term. And so if he's already concerned about his durability and I've, I've very been very adamant talking about Debo Samuel on this podcast, he had injury problems at South Carolina. He has had injury problems in San Francisco. He's going to continue to battle nagging soft tissue injuries for his entire career. Combine that with the fact that they have an unproven quarterback in Trey Lance. And the fact that he's not going to be lining up like Christian McCaffrey like he was last year. Uh, I think Debo Samuel takes a step back, and that's going to lead San Francisco sort of down that wrong path where they drop a few more games uh, this season to finish 7-10. and 10. Now, I told you to marinate on it because I have Seattle at 0-17. I know they're probably not going to go 0-17. But I don't care if it's Drew Locke or Geno Smith, the quarterback. I mentioned it when I was going through the, the 2021 results. They, they lost Russell Wilson for a, a chunk of games last year with a thumb or a hand injury. They only put up 395 points on the entire season. That includes when Russell Wilson was there. You get no Russell Wilson. Neither he, Drew Locke or Geno Smith are going to be able to fill the shoes that Russell Wilson put on each and every game. Now, I mentioned in one of my fantasy football preview shows that I really like rookie running back Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State. I think he's going to be a bright spot on this team. But with Geno Smith as your starting quarterback in Seattle, you're going to see big production drop-offs from not only Tyler Lockett, but DK Metcalf. So be careful when you think about drafting these guys because when you don't have the same guy that's been throwing it to you for your entire career in, in the case of DK Metcalf, you're probably not going to get the same results as you did. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't really realistically see them going 0-17, but they were 7-10 and last year. I think they're going to be worse than that this year, uh, if we're being honest. I think, I think Pete Carroll is on his way out the door, and we're going to get a whole new regime come next season. Uh, some fantasy impact players out of the NFC West, starting off in uh, Los Angeles. I already mentioned Matt Stafford. Once he gets healthy, he's going to be good to go. Uh, Cam Akers, the running back, who, like I said, I believe, I think it was an Achilles or an ACL injury that he, had, that, that he suffered, I think, in preseason. 
and he was able to play in the Super Bowl, which is crazy to me. So I really like Cam Akers this year to break out. I already mentioned uh, Cooper Cup, the best pound-for-pound wide receiver in the league. Uh, new to the team, Allen Robinson should have a really good, really good season. You could probably get him a sneaky, a sneaky spot in your fantasy draft. And let's not forget about the tight end, Tyler Higby, who has the potential to have really good games, but at consistency in fantasy football is where you have to worry about Tyler Higby. Moving to Arizona, you've got Kyler Murray, obviously a quarterback. He got paid. I mentioned Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Once he comes back from injury, obviously you don't want to waste a, an early pick on DeAndre Hopkins because you're going to be missing him for a chunk of the season. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of their running back, but he is the starting running back in Arizona. He is the clear-cut number one in James Conner. Um, I think you could do better. I think you could do worse. I'm not a fan of James Conner, but it's definitely a name because he is a starting court running back in the NFL. And you also got to think Zach Ertz is in his second year in this system, uh, spent majority of his career in Philadelphia. He's got a chance to uh, sort of re- have a resurgence here in Arizona this year after a full year in the system. Um, I mentioned the 49ers. I don't like a lot about this team. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. I think is their starting running back. Obviously, Debo Samuel is the guy from San Francisco to roster. Uh, maybe think about Jawan Jennings. He was a, I believe he's a second year player at the University of Tennessee. They expected big things out of. A lot of people are going to be talking about the other guy who I don't even, I don't even bother to know his name because he is a uh, a perennial disappointment in fantasy football. Is that that other wide receiver for San Francisco? But Jawan Jennings is a name. Uh, to maybe keep your eye on as a potential breakout star in San Francisco um, when inevitably they put Jimmy Garoppolo back on the field. Uh, And again, as far as Seattle goes, uh, they've got Penny as the starting running back. I don't think he's going to be starting halfway through the season. I think Kenneth Walker is going to turn some heads. He is the guy to me to have on that roster. Obviously, DK Metcalf is a name. Um, The biggest, most powerful wide receiver on that team. I just don't like him with who he's got thrown in the ball to. Obviously, Tyler Lockett, I mentioned earlier, I'm not touching either one of these guys this year. If it hurts me, so be it. Uh, But I don't like either one of these guys. Um, I do think there's potential for Noah Fant. I mentioned he was traded in that deal for Russell Wilson to – Denver, Noah Fant came to Seattle as well as Drew Locke. Um, Listen, when you've got quarterbacks like Geno Smith throwing the ball, you're probably going to need checkdowns. And I think that's where Noah Fant comes in. Not to mention Noah Fant's also a great route runner too. So, you know, short slant, short cross across the middle. Um, I don't think Geno Smith throws a great long ball. So those intermediate passes to Noah Fant, I think are going to bode well for the tight end in Seattle. So, again, to recap, the exact same way that the the NFC West broke out in 2021 is how it's going to finish this year. Rams, Cardinals, Niners, and Seahawks. Sorry, Seahawks fans. I know I've probably got somebody listening who is losing their mind that I have Seattle going winless. Um, but, like I said, probably not going to happen. Uh, but still sort of fun to speculate. 
We are going to take our final break, and we are going to overtime. That's right. College football is here. We are college football week one. Some ranked games to talk about this week uh, and a special contest here on the show. Stay tuned for details for that in overtime coming up next right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the overtime segment of Tap House and Touchdowns this week. Man, uh, I am so excited. College football is finally here. And with college football back, I've got an exciting announcement. If you've been listening to the show in years past, I have done a segment called Frick's Picks, where I choose five games between the NFL and college and post them to social media and a few of you have gone out of your way and picked against those. I have literally written them down on paper and kept track. And in years past, uh, whoever won for its picks got to host a segment on the show. Last year finished in a tie. I was able to have a couple people on the show on, on that season finale. Um, this year I'm doing it a little different. ESPN.com always does a, a college football uh, pick em challenge as well as a NFL Pick'em Challenge. And so you can go to ESPN.com. If you have a Disney Plus account, you can sign in with Disney Plus. Uh, but if you go to the Fantasy Games, you'll have Pigskin Pick'em 2022 and College Pick'em. They will post games every week and you will choose your winners. It is a season-long straight picks. There is no confidence attached to it. There is no point spread attached to it. it is, you are just picking winners and losers of the games that ESPN gives you to pick. Now, as in years past, the winner of each of these contests, both college and pro, will get to host a segment on the show with me and a special prize. Uh, before I give you that special prize, when you go to College Pick'em or, or uh, Pigskin Pick'em 2022, search for the group Tap Outs and Touchdowns. Spelled out exactly how it sounds. No and sign. It's the word and. Tap Outs and Touchdowns. Uh, you can also go to social media, facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns. I will post the links to my page there. Uh, but sign up, join the group, and make your picks against me and anybody else that chooses to do so all year long. The winner gets to host a segment on the show on the season four finale and will also be recipients of the first ever tapouts and touchdowns t shirt. That's right. I have a design coming together that I'm going to put on a t-shirt and the winners of college pick them and pigskin pick them 2022, the tap outs and touchdowns groups will receive a tap outs and touchdowns t-shirt. The first of its kind. Uh, I hope you're as excited about it as I am. Cause I never thought that I would be able to put anything on a t-shirt that somebody would, would potentially like to wear, but it's, um, it's exciting for me. Uh, almost as exciting as week one of college football. There are some very intriguing games this week, and so since we're in overtime, let's go through some of these games that, that I'm sort of looking forward to trying to catch. Uh, I should mention that I will be on the road uh, to Columbia, South Carolina, watching the South Carolina-Georgia State game. Uh, more than likely, I'll be able to catch some of the early games, 
but obviously the night games I'll have to catch replays of later on because South Carolina plays Georgia State uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. But the most intriguing games of college football week one, let's start off with a noon game. Number 13, NC State traveling to East Carolina. NC State an 11-point favorite. Now, if you're unaware of where exactly I live, I live in upstate South Carolina, but I spend a lot of time in western North Carolina for my everyday job that helps pay my bills. Um, and there's a lot of North Carolina sports talk that think that ECU really has a chance to pull the upset. Um, listen, I've got NC State. I've got them winning their division in the ACC. Um, I, I've got them winning this game and covering the spread. Uh, but I think this game, based on what all the North Carolina sports guys are talking about, I think this game is going to be a really fun game to watch at noon. Uh, next up, I guess the next few games are all ranked matchups here. I believe I've got three more games to talk about. Uh, next one being number 23, Cincinnati, at number 19, Arkansas, at 330, Arkansas, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a true test for a breakout Arkansas team from last season. A lot of people are really high on Arkansas last year. And listen, it's a ranked game a week before the first SEC test in South Carolina. I think we're going to learn a lot about both of those teams, both Arkansas this weekend and South Carolina this weekend leading into that game. Unfortunately for Arkansas, and probably unfortunately for South Carolina, I've got Arkansas losing this game. I think Cincinnati pulls the win, which means that they would cover the spread, obviously. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say Arkansas would be looking ahead, but if they do happen to drop this game to Cincinnati to start the season – they're going to be much angrier to come out and play South Carolina. Or if they cover the spread and they blow out Cincinnati, they're going to come in overconfident and help my Gamecocks be able to catch them off guard in week two. But nevertheless, I don't think that's going to happen. I like Cincinnati to upset Arkansas on Saturday at 3.30. Another 3.30 game to watch is a neutral site game. A top, I guess a top 11 matchup. Number 11, Oregon, taking on the defending national champions, Number three, Georgia, I believe, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Georgia is a 17-point favorite over Oregon. Whew, that's a, that, is a, that is a spread against another top 15 team. But it's our first opportunity to see the defending national champions. Uh, without all of that defense, I believe that entire defense got drafted to the NFL. So it's our first chance to really get to see them, uh, and they get tested early against uh, Pac-12 power in Oregon. I like Georgia to win, um, but I like Oregon to cover. I don't think that Georgia's going to win by 17 or more. Um, so, uh, again, if you're gambling, obviously take Oregon with the points. Uh, but I do see Georgia. I, I, I like Georgia to win this game, but maybe closer than, than experts and closer than Vegas predicts. Uh, finally, the last matchup is a top five matchup. Number five, Notre Dame. Number two, Ohio State at 7.30 kickoff. Uh, similar to the last game, Ohio State is a 17-point favorite over another top-five team, which is astounding to me. But again, it's week one, so that's may, that may be why you know where it comes. Uh, listen, Notre Dame every year gets that preseason love. However, Brian Kelly departed for LSU in the offseason, so Notre Dame's got some new coaches on staff. They probably got some new players on staff. Um, Experts are also really behind Ohio State this season. 
every single expert, or for the most part, has got Ohio State making the Final Four, that playoff in college football. Um, listen, I'm not a fan of Notre Dame. There are about the top three teams that I hate in college football in the order. Uh, it'd be Clemson, Tennessee, Ohio State. So I don't like Ohio State. I don't like Notre Dame. But I think Ohio State exposes Notre Dame. Explain, you know, they help blow out Notre Dame to show like they don't belong in the top five. They don't belong in the top 10. Like move Notre Dame maybe to about 19th in the country after this game with as bad as Ohio State's going to beat them up. I just, I don't know. That's the way I see it going down. Um, that's it. Uh, after this show airs, uh, the pro pick them in on, on ESPN will go live. So again, make sure you, if, if you're looking for a link instead of trying to, to, to go to ESPN.com and find it, be it on the app, uh, you can always download the ESPN fantasy app. I am not endorsed by ESPN. So God, I wish, cause then I wouldn't be working tomorrow. Um, but you can go to the ESPN fantasy app and find their fantasy games there. You can go to ESPN.com on your, on your, uh, laptop iPad, tablet, whatever the case is, um, and find that game. But if you're if you're looking closer to just a link, go to facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns. That's where the links for both college and pro uh, pigskin pick'em will be. Uh, play along to host a segment of the show at the end of the season and to get the first of its kind of tapouts and touchdowns t-shirt. Uh, that's our show. That's the football show this week. Next week uh, on, I believe, somewhere between Monday and Tuesday, uh, PJ Steven and I will be reviewing the G1 Climax Finals uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling this year. And then another football episode, the first fantasy football, I guess, official show uh, next Thursday. And then some other fun shows coming up uh, this coming weekend. We've got the first ever um, sort of competitive shows between WWE and AEW. Uh, you've got um, Clash at the Castle. In Cardiff uh, for WWE, uh, the main event features Drew McIntyre challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE title. And then the all-out pay-per-view by AEW, some fun matches on that card. Uh, my personal favorite to look forward to is the six-man tag match featuring Wardlow and FTR taking on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns featuring Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. A really fun card for both WWE and AEW this weekend. So if you're not a football fan and you listen to this show and listen to me talk about football and you want to catch something this weekend, uh, both wrestling shows uh, will be going on. Uh, that's it for this week for the football show. Hope you enjoyed my breakdown of the NFC and the AFC West. Now, what I haven't done yet is give you my Super Bowl predictions. And so as I sign off, my Super Bowl prediction for 2022 is an all-Los Angeles affair. I've got the Chargers and the Rams in the Super Bowl. The Rams will be their second appearance, looking to go back-to-back. -back. Uh, that is my Super Bowl pick for this, this season. So, again, stay tuned for all the exciting shows that we have coming for you on here on Tap House and Touchdowns. For Tap House and Touchdowns, it's your guy, Bully Rye. We'll see you next time because I'll be around. <laughs>